Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Steady Focused Live. That's right. This is our very first live episode broadcasting, bringing it straight to you guys. Corona hit us all straight in the face and we're all dealing with it in many, many different ways. But honestly, this is a conversation situation that I wanted to get going for a long time. I'm your host. I'm your number one, Mr. Simeon Hendricks. And in this episode, we're going to be bringing in a great friend of mine. His, his name is Mr. Ryan Huff. We're going to talk about all kinds of stuff. So if you guys are tuning in live with us, bear with us. This is our first time we've been doing this. So you can uh, come along on the, on the experience with us and enjoy this. So Ryan Huff, he and I go way back into high school days. I know this man as uh, if I could pick a couple of words I would probably pick passionate and um, motivated, um, intense. A lot of a lot of the same characteristics that you would potentially say of me would say of my friend Ryan. So um, I'm really excited to bring him on the show. I can confirm, Kevin. I see you, Brittany. I see you guys commenting. So comment with us, share with us. It's an open dialogue. Um, but yeah, a lot of com a lot of uh, topics we're going to touch touch on. But I would say the the meat of this sandwich is going to be addiction, recovery, moving forward, and loving ourselves. So without any further ado, please help me give a huge, steady, focused welcome to my friend, Mr. Ryan Huff. What's up, dude? What's up, Sam? Yeah, there you are. Oh, nothing. Hey, hey I think you're, uh, the video is kind of like delaying a little bit. Is it delaying? Okay. Oh, right. Now it's good. Now it's now good. It's good? Yeah. Are we, do, does it feel like it's going all right? Perfect. Okay, cool. So bear with us, everybody. I see we got Paul, we got Kevin, we got Brittany. Um, comment because we can see it and uh, just bear with us as we go along through this, um, through this journey. Uh, Ryan, so man, you were one of the, the major um, influences on me to, to get my butt in gear and get back to doing episodes. And I wanted to talk with you for so long and uh, I really appreciate it. How are you doing tonight, dude? I'm good, man. I'm actually, you know, this weather, um, actually allows me a couple of days off. So yeah. I'm not complaining. I mean, I did work some today, but I, it is kind of nice to, uh, to know that I got a little bit of a, a little bit of downtime and uh which means you know i get to spend more time with my family and and all that but other than that dude i'm just i'm staying warm yeah <laughs> so just recently you or recently yeah you made the transition into kind of being your own not kind of 100 being your own boss calling your own shots full on into entrepreneurship how's that transition been uh it's actually not been as hard as I thought it was going to be. Um, okay. You know, cause I, my whole life, I mean, my whole life, you know, I've, I've, I mean, I started working when I was, 
I mean, officially working when I was about 15, you know, washing dishes down at the Golden Chick there in Iowa Park. And so it's, I've kind of had that mentality of, you know, Monday through Friday, you know, from 7 a.m. to, you know, quitting time or whatever that I had to be there. And that's, you know, and so now I guess what I've had to adapt to is I'm a very, um, I don't know if a ritual, I mean, like I said, I'm a very schedule oriented person. So, you know, if I get home at five o'clock from doing something and I'm in the middle of watching a football game or relaxing and I get a phone call, mm. you know, well, that, 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 that's part of, you know, that I've had to kind of adjust to it being my own bosses, just basically being ready all the time. Yeah. So versus it, a little bit different than clock in clock out. It's kind of on more. I exactly. Guess. Yeah, man. Um, yeah. And it's, I mean, and it, oh, and it, and, and doing that though, it, it definitely far outweighs, uh, you know, that having that mentality of going to, you know, cause that whenever I left my job, I was, you know, it was something I'd done for almost 13 years and I was just completely burnt out and waking up every morning was a chore. And now that, now that I know that, you know, the harder that I work or the, the more motivated I am to go after, you know, a job or, or anything like that, 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 that I will see, you know, I will see some rewards from that. So, I mean, yeah. that's, I would suggest everybody be your own boss. Wow. <laughs> well, dude, I know it takes a lot of courage, like you said. And then once you got there, it's like, Oh, I can, I can do this. I can handle this. And man, isn't that the way it goes right in life? So many times we think I can't do that. I could never do that. I could never be that. And then, when we take that step of faith, it's like, no, I got what it takes. Mm -hmm. I can do this. Yeah, and, that's exactly. Uh, yeah, that's go ex for that, it. that's a, that's exactly right. Um, I was gonna. I've, I've always been one of those people that I wanted to be the best of whatever it was I was doing, like from the get go. Um, and I, I guess I would call myself a procrastinating perfectionist. Like I wouldn't start something unless I knew what the end result was going to be. But like you, I mean, you, like you said, it really, it was, a, it was a leap of faith. It was like, well, I'm just, it's, you know, when I left my, the day I left my job, you know, I still remember it pretty vividly. And like the weight that went off my shoulders was like, okay, now the ball's in your court to make it happen. Yeah. And now let's see what you can do. And, and it wasn't it, it, faith. That is a big thing that what I'd say would say is what it takes to make that transition from, from, from a nine to five to be in your own, you know, starting your own business or whatever it is. Man, I, I kind of want to, I've got a lot of things I want to talk about that I would almost consider like, uh, I don't know, fluff. So let's just jump straight into it. You and I have both been passionate and we've both talked with each other a lot about addiction and recovery, man. Uh, I th I'm pretty sure you know, but I grew up in the NA program. My my dad was part of that, and it was a huge savior in our lives. And then growing up as I have into an adulthood, and I've had my struggle with food and um, just different things that have mentalities and things that have held me back. Um, tell us a little bit of your story with addiction. Um. All right. Well, I'll kind of, I'm going to start this off with kind of like a little disclaimer of um, when I, um, I I don't mix. Um, you'll you'll hear me reference God a lot. Um, 
But when I'm saying that, it's more of in a spiritual reference. It's not in a religious tone. I mean, I'm a religious person, but for me, uh, mixing religion and my spirituality or my recovery is not something that I've found that works for me. So whenever, you know, because I know a lot of people whenever if they've ever tried recovery or, you know, a 12 step program, you know, they hear the word God and they're immediately shut off, you know. And so when I say the word God, I'm not talking about you know anything religious or anything like that um you know it's i i know you know you know it's kind of the the concept of a higher power you know something out there that's you know bigger than i am or bigger than you or anything like that um no man i mean my i was i was raised in a you know a a pretty normal um i guess you would say a normal home i mean none of there was no alcohol in our house neither of my parents drank um, everybody both very in, uh, involved in church, um, you know, and I was up until I was about 16, whenever my parents divorced, I was almost kind of forced to be at church every time the, the doors were open. So, um, but I think, you know, I, I was probably 13 or 14, I think the first time that I, you know, got drunk. Um, and then, you know, I, I mean, anybody from that's our age and Iowa Park knows, you know, I don't, whenever I was, you know, my freshman year, I got in trouble for, 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 for drinking and, you know, in athletics and, uh, you know, and it, it wasn't, it wasn't like a, you know, I got in trouble and that was it. You know, I, I was, I'd, I was my third strike. Um, that's right. I, I, I the, had forgotten. I had forgotten about that. Yeah. Yeah. And at the, and at the time, like, you know, I didn't, I obviously had no grasp on, you know, the fact, I mean, cause you know, you, me, and, that was one of the things I think that drew me to you specifically, you know, in, in football was that, that I could see the same kind of passion and intensity and all that. So, you know, um, but you know, when, when you're, when you're a, a high school kid, especially, you know, in a small Texas town, football is like your entire world. Um, so, you know, at the time I didn't, I didn't put two and two together that, Hey, this, this thing that, that I'm obviously doing more than other people my age just completely took, you know, everything that, you know, the thing that meant the most to me, it took it away from me. You know, I wasn't able to, to antiquate that, you know, at that age. Um, but I mean, I was able, you know, cause if I got in trouble again, I was done for good. So, I mean, the rest of my high school, you know, or well up until I think football was over my senior year, I, I didn't drink a drop. I didn't, I didn't try to push the envelope or nothing like that, but, um, I I started out, you know, especially after high school, you know, partying on the weekends. Um, and, and then it just, I don't really know like when it happened. I mean, like, as you know, like me and me and Chad moved to New York city in 2003, I actually right. turned 21 in New York city. Um, and even then like being, you know, in, in a, in a city where you can have anything you want 24, hours a day you know i still hadn't really now i got drunk every time that i drank i've never been one of those people that um that oh hey you know going to the bar and having two or three beers sounds like that that doesn't sound good that's never sounded fun to me um so i mean but <clears throat> anyway even being there like i i hadn't developed like the i don't know i still, I still had in my mind that you know, that if I drank during the week that, you know, that would make me an alcoholic or, you know, that I wasn't doing something right. And, um, but I would say probably around the age of, I don't know, 23 is probably when, 
you know, it was, well, you know, it's Monday night, there's football on, you know, I got to drink, there's, you know, you can't watch football without drinking, you know, and then, and then it was just, um, it was a gradual thing that, that, like I said, I don't know an exact moment or anything like that of, but it just became that, um, you know, alcohol was, it was subconsciously alcohol controlled every decision that I made. You know, I mean, what I did on Tuesday, you know, my actions were some down the road were, were kind of like my walkway to what, you know, well, Friday night, you know, I'm getting ready for Friday night to go drink and do this, you know. And then so, pretty so soon, you, you know, I mean, because I was an everyday drinker for. Go, go keep going, keep going. Oh, okay. I mean, so, you know, and I was an everyday drinker for a good. Well, I mean, up until, you know, this past year, and, you know, which I, you know, I had tried treatment once before that, but um, I was a, I was an everyday drinker and, and I didn't necessarily get drunk every day, but I was an everyday drinker. I just thought, you know, I just, I, I was one of those things that I thought, well, this is, this is what I like. This is my personality. You know, I'm a construction worker. This is what construction workers do. You know, they get off work, they have some beers, they cut loose and, and then slowly and uh, slowly and progressively, um, I'd say because I actually I'd gotten a DWI in two thousand and eight, and um, and I and I you know I'd kind of told myself, well, I will never drink and drive again. Oh my God, I, I'm I'm not going to do this, you know. And then for for a little while, you know, I you know anytime I went out and we were going to be drinking, I made sure I was riding with somebody or that I at least had access to a ride home. Um, and then I got, uh, I had gotten a second DWI in 2015. Um, and I would probably say that that was right around the time, you know, probably about six months before I'd gotten that DWI was really when the, the progressiveness of my alcohol really like co- completely took over my life. I mean, I couldn't, I didn't, there, I didn't draw until I went, until I went to treatment and, um, the end of 2016 i didn't draw a sober breath i mean now at that time it hadn't gotten to where i was having to uh drink in the morning um you know before work or anything like that but um but i mean it was i was having physical problems i mean i had had to been hospitalized um i was in the hospital for about five or six days because of alcohol you know my body was completely dehydrated you know a lot of my organs weren't functioning right and all that and uh you know and then you know my parents thought well well that maybe that'll scare him i mean it was within within a week i mean i was back to doing what i was doing um i went to treatment um and i think i stayed sober for about 60 days and but like 54 of them were in a treatment facility um but um, and then as, as soon as I, uh, as soon as I, you know, started drinking again, you know, a lot of people think that when they get a little, you know, a little bit of time being sober that, you know, that they get to, when they start drinking again, that they, ju- that they start fresh. And that that's, that, that's not my case. You know, it started right where, right where I left off. I mean, it, so it actually, you know, it just, it just progressively got worse and worse and worse. Um, you know, I was, I was living by myself. And, you know, and I kept to myself quite a bit. And, um, you know, a lot of people also don't really, 
um, you know, I've, I've shared, my, I don't have a problem sharing my story with people. You know, I mean, it, they're about the last six months before I went to treatment this last time. Um, you know, I, I was every other morning I was throwing up blood. Um, I mean, I would, I would bleed from my nose. Um, you know, I had to get up at like, I had to be at work at six o'clock. And so I'd get up, <clears throat> excuse me, I'd, I'd get up about three or four o'clock in the morning and I would start drinking because my body had to have it. You know, I got to that point where, you know, cause a lot of people think that alcoholics or, or addicts, you know, they do it just cause they like it, you know, it's fun, you know, and, and my body, it had gotten to the point where, you know, alcohol controlled everything that I did. I mean, like I could, I, whenever I was able to hold down food was when alcohol let me, um, whenever I could go to sleep at night was when I could pass out. Um, I mean, it just, it controlled everything and it got to where I physically had to have alcohol or else, I mean, my body would, would start shutting down. And, um, uh, I mean, I used to, and actually, I, and I tell people this story because, you know, at the, there towards the end, you know, I wasn't really showering a whole lot. I wasn't taking care of myself very much. And, uh, you know, I, I had a, I had a toothbrush that sat on my bathroom sink that I use. I brush my teeth with about once a week, but the, the toothbrush was really, I would, when I'd get up in the morning, I'd be anybody, if I, there's anybody watching or listening right now, who's ever been through, you know, alcohol withdrawals or, or anything like that. We'll know what I'm talking about, but that feeling of, you know, of, of, of having to have alcohol and, you know, and so that toothbrush actually is what I would use to, to gag myself mm. every morning to get, to get that sickness out of me so that I could start, you know, start drinking. And I mean, and that, and that was, that was, that was my life every day. Mm. Um, it didn't matter where I was at. It didn't matter if I was, you know, staying at a friend's house or staying with my family, you know, and they might not have known it, but I mean, I was, I had, I had alcohol in my possession. I mean, 24 hours a day. Damn, man. Um, thank you for your, your honesty in sharing with us, sharing with me, dude. Um, how does it feel? going there back to that moment with that toothbrush when you think about it now? Um, I, it, it, honestly, it makes me grateful, you know, I mean, and you'll, you, you always hear, uh, you know, people in recovery use that term because it, it, it really, I mean, being, re <clears throat> being reminded of, of stuff like that, it, um, you know, because you know, every once in a while, you know, I, 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 I won't lie, you know, I mean, I'll have fleeting thought of man, man. It sure, there's there's a OU game coming on on Saturday. Yeah. It sure would be good to go to the bar and drink some beer and watch, you know. And then, yeah. and then I, you know, I get fleeting thoughts like that. But but it's memories like it's memories like that where I'm able to like play the tape in my head, and I I can be I can look past that instant kind of that instant gratification. Like, well, what's gonna happen once once I do that? Then what? Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. And yeah. so that that's that's a big part of what recovery has been for me is, is being being able to think past that instant that instant gratification. And okay, so to get there, to get to that point, you know, you have to uh, build up some sort of um, you know 
strength, you know, to get to that. So when you when you don't, when you don't, when I don't, when he or she doesn't have that strength or belief that they can do that, what are the steps? You know, like how do I how if I'm sitting there and for me, my my main thing has been food, you know, and realizing like, dude, Simeon, you don't need to eat that fifth piece of cake before you go to bed tonight, you know, but or, or like you're saying, you know, I, dude, I really just appreciate your honesty. I know it's one day at a time, but I get it, man. Even when there's times like for myself, when I've, when I've been lean and I've been feeling good and I know I shouldn't go ahead and eat that cake, but then I do. And I think I'm strong enough now, right? You know, like I can do it. I can, I can eat five pounds of cake tonight, or maybe I can drink a case of beer tonight and then, and I'll be good. Yeah. That's the, uh, that is one of the common misconceptions of, um, about sobriety is, um, anybody who is, uh, you know, a true alcoholic or addict, um, it's, I'm trying to think how to, how to, how to say this. Um, you know, my self-control got me to where I was at. Mm. My self-propulsion got me, got me exactly where I was at. Um, <clears throat> there wasn't, um, you know, I kept, I kept, I had a thing where I, I, where I was always blaming all my external circumstances for what was really going on. You know what? Well, if I would have gotten this, then then I wouldn't have been pissed off about that. Or, you know, if so and so hadn't have done this to me, you know, I wouldn't be feeling this way. You know, it was it was all it was like a it was just a chain reaction of the blame game. And um, but I mean, as as far as that initial um, step, I mean, I honestly have to say, and that it was by um, it was by a, a by God, uh, you know, a, a power greater than me. And I'll, I'll, I'll blitz through this story real quick. Um, um, cause I, and know that, you know, a lot of people, uh, when they talk about stuff, you know, like, are they, are they rely a lot on, well, this is a coincidence. You know, I got, I, I started to realize that they're, that I don't believe in coincidence anymore. Um, you know, uh, there, right before I went and, uh, got treatment this last time, um, you know, same thing, you know, I was going to missing a lot of work, you know, finding every excuse I could, you know, to, to call into work because I, I physically knew that I couldn't make it all day, you know, with, without having a drink. And, um, and I'd already left, I'd already, you know, taken a, a leave from work one, you know, a few years before to go, to go to get to treatment. And, uh, you know, so, and, and I knew that I, that I knew that like, that there was no way that my, you know, like I said, I could feel my body shutting down. I knew that I wasn't going to make it much longer doing what I was doing, but I, but I couldn't, I, I, I kept, I kept, you know, cause that's what we do, you know, I, you know, with God, you know, we, we, uh, oh God, if you can just do this, then I'll do this, you know, as, as if, as if he needs to bargain with us, you know, if you do this for me, yeah. then I promise I'll do this, you know, but I, I I just kept praying like God if I could get like fired from my job or if I could get laid oh, off wow. or some or something you know then I could like I could go I could go get help again and it wouldn't you know it wouldn't be so shameful or like I or like that I was a failure, um and uh, <clears throat> and and one day you know I had woken up I had woke up cold sweats throwing up 
Yeah, this is about mm-hmm. two o'clock in the morning. I was just pacing around my apartment. You know, I was like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to drink. I'm not going to, I'm just going to let this pass. I'm just going to, you know, and then, and then it got so intense to where I physically had to, you know, and I went to, you know, the fridge and I just started, you know, and, and then it got to where I go, I got a little too intoxicated to go to work that day. Um, but I, you know, and I'd, I'd messaged, you know, the guy I was working with and I'd said, Hey man, you know, uh, I think I'm gonna go to the hospital, you know, something's wrong with me, you know, which I knew it was wrong with me, but I was, you know, I was trying to cover my, you know, cover my ass, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and I said, you know, I said, something, you know, something's not, not right with me. I just, you know, I just don't feel good. And, uh, and I said, you know, I'm just burnt out on everything, you know, and, and he, he actually messaged me back like a couple hours later saying, Hey, would you want to take a voluntary layoff? We're kind of getting slow. So if you'd want to take a layoff, you know, and, and I, that the, right, when, when I, when I got that, when I got that message, I remember I was, I was sitting in the parking lot of market street or well, one of the haircut places by market street, but I was sitting there and, uh, and I was, I was finishing my beer before I went inside and mm. I just, when I got that text message, I like the, the feeling that ran over my body, I, it can't be described. Um, but even right then it was like this immediate, um, uh, like weight had just completely like left, you know, had just left my body. Um, and, uh, and I was on the, I was on the phone within the next five minutes and I'd called my mom and say, Hey, I need you to call, you know, I need you to call red river. I need you to call the, uh, you know, I needed to get me, you know, I need to get this fixed, you know? And, and I thought I'd been having it kind of well, but you know, everybody knew or, uh, people that were real close to me knew. Um, but, and you know, and it, it took me, a, they couldn't get me in for a couple of days. So, you know, even though that immediate weight went away, my body for those couple of days still physically had to have what it had mm. to have. And, uh, but no, I mean that, it was it was the grace of god that you know that got me that gave me that 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 leap of faith i guess if you want to call it yeah tell tell me if i'm wrong i i feel like like you want to say the word god but you feel like if you say it there's going to be like some weird judgment on you it, do you feel that like you at all or some misunderstanding no, I don't, or it, not judgment on it. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. I, ju- I just don't want people to misunderstand. Like I said, like I said earlier, like misconstrue, like whenever I say God, like, you know, yeah. that it's like, I'm, you know, like it's some kind of religious thing. Like it's not for me. It's just there. It's, it's, it's like a direct connection into the, the true power that's greater than I. Right. Exactly. And man, I, that's, I, and I think, you know, because I've kind of felt that, too, and I'm not trying to speak for you. I'm just speaking for myself, that there has been a lot of um, organized, organized religion that has damaged the the word of God, you know, like. Um, yeah. And so I appreciate. Um, I, I don't know. I just I appreciate you, you saying God and, um, you know, there's. God is everything and man is flawed and man is uh, tried to define the undefinable many times in a way that benefits, benefits them. And, um, you know, there, there's a lot of us who have been harmed by man's branding 
and enforcing their version of God on us when sometimes it whatever. Um, man, okay, so so here we are where you went back to um, so you went into rehab. Um, how long this this last time, how long was the rehab when you were there? I was just there for the your standard twenty eight days. Um, okay. Because <clears throat> you know, and the, the first time that I went, I, it really was kind of. Um, I guess you could kind of say it was. I, I needed like a break from life. I needed like a vacation. Um, yes. my, my my father passed away. Had before I went to treatment the first time, my my father had passed away um, about five or six months before that. And it had just, everything had just stockpiling and stockpiling. So, you know, I went in there, I went into treatment the, fir with the first time with the mentality of, okay, I'm going to come in here. I'm going to learn, learn some stuff. I'm going to learn some tricks of the trade, you know, that are going to, you know, that whenever I, you know, when I start drinking again, what the ways to, uh, you know, control my drinking or moderate it or, or whatever it is. And, uh, and the second time, you know, it was just, um, it wasn't that I that I went in there with like, oh, I just want my life to be better. Like I went in there with the mentality of I want my life to be completely different. Amen. You know, um, it, I wasn't looking for I was looking for any any improvements on what I was doing because what I was doing wasn't wasn't worth a damn. Uh, I wanted something completely different, which means that I had to go in there, um, mm. uh, completely humble. And 100% open-mindedness with, with open, 100% open-mindedness. Yeah. So, you know, um, you know, and I, I, I was one of those people that I had mm. through, I went through a, a big spurt where I was mad at God, you know, God wasn't giving me a fair shake at life. And, uh, you know, and, and I just, I, I went in there with, I'm mm. gonna, I'm gonna, um, yeah, it's like, uh, and it's like on, uh, hang on, it's like on white men can't jump. That's one of my favorite movies ever. You know, whenever uh, whenever Woody Harrelson and Wesley Snipes they get in the car, and he, he's playing Jimi Hendrix, and then, you know, and, he, and he's like, "I like to listen to this," and that's Wesley Snipes. Well, that's the problem. You listen to it, you're not hearing it. Mm. You know. So when I went in the second time, I was ready to hear. You know. Yes. So man, so that takes me to here. Here we are. Here I am, and I'm a you know a flawed individual you know I, i'm i'm recovering i'm on my path i'm trying to do my best talk about forgiving and accepting ourselves yourself myself where we were and al allowing ourselves loving ourselves enough to accept what it was and understand that I'm more than what I was. I'm, I'm, I'm better. I'm bigger. I have more to offer to life than my past. Yeah. <clears throat> um, well, how do you get to that yeah, point? Like if you're, if, if you just, you know, like, so here I am, whatever my addiction is. And I say, well, I'm, I'm not worth a damn, you know, like I'm not worth, because all I am is this big pile of addiction that I've known, you know, so speak on that, whatever comes to your mind. Well, um, we had, this was brought up earlier, you know, I had, um, 
so much hatred for myself. Mm. Uh, even when I was younger, younger growing up, you know, I mean, I know, I know people, they looked at, they looked at me as if, um, you know, like maybe like my life was perfect or that, you know, that I had everything that I wanted or that, you know, that I, that I was someone to maybe look up to, I, I guess, if that makes sense. But I mean, deep, I mean, deep down inside, I mean, I, like, I, I hated myself. Um, I, di- I didn't, I was afraid of like things that I, like th- things that I really liked or things that, um, or the way that I really felt about things that if I really told somebody that, that they'd be like, huh, no way I don't have anything to do with you, you know? And, and at a, at a, when I was really, really young, um, and at this, this, and this popped back up in my mind, uh, today, um, when I was really young, uh, I'd say probably like four or five, six, somewhere, somewhere around there. Um, I, I would get dropped off at this babysitter and, um, and, uh, you know, she would, uh, she was an older woman and she would, uh, I would, she would beat me with this plastic sword. And sometimes she would, uh, you know, she would come into the bathroom whenever I wasn't clothed and she would beat me with this sword over and over again until, you know, until one day my mom, my mom had actually walked in and, and saw, um, but at, at that early age, I think I kind of developed this, um, this, this mentality of, Hey, mom, mom and dad ain't going to always be here to protect you. They're not going to always be here to give you the answer. You know, they're not going to always be around to save you. Um, so at a young age, I started having that mentality of, you know, which I mean, not that I didn't ever listen to my parents or that I thought my parents were stupid or anything like that. But I had in my mind that if I'm going to survive, that I'm going to have to do it my way. Um, I'm going to have to, you know, and because, you know, I, I was, you know, I was, I, I was always in fear. Um, like I said, fear of people knowing who I really was people, fear of people of me not being what people thought I was. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so my, my, my first, you know, my, mm-hmm. my main, you know, way I carried myself was uh, a, de- a defense mechanism of, I want you to be afraid of me, mm. you know, even though, even though really, you know, I'm afraid of, 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 of what might happen if, if I do this or if I do that. So if I just kept people at a distance, you know, then, then that could keep them from hurting me or, or mm. disappointing me. Um, <clears throat> so I, so I carried, I carried a lot and I carried a lot of, of hatred and anger for other people also. I mean, I, I yeah. you know, I, I, I deep down had real hatred for people or th- things that I just didn't like things I didn't agree with, or, you know, I, I hated it and there was no, there was no change in my mind, you know, and, you know, I, I carry, I carried around a lot of, uh, a lot of shame for that, you know, shame, mm. like, like shaming myself, mm-hmm. you know, because I would, I would see other people like doing good things and, and, you know, and I thought, you know, there's, I, I, I don't, ha- I don't have a shred of goodness in my body. All I have is hate, anger. Um, and, and that's that's what fueled me a, a lot. Of, I mean, a lot of my my youth was my anger, my my constant anger, and my motivation to make sure that I was better than everybody at something, so mm-hmm. that people wouldn't really realize that I was 
completely insecure about myself. Um, you know, that I hated myself and, Mm. and then it, you know, and then, and then whenever I got out of high school and got out of competitive sports, I didn't really have anywhere to put that, you know, cause you got to get that stuff out of you. Yes. And I, and I didn't have that outlet to, to, to get it out. So, you know, and then here we are, you know, and then it, yep. it took me, you know, 15, mm. 15 years of, of still doing, trying to do life my way, uh, you know, and that, well, I've got, I've got the willpower to do anything that I want to do. Um, mm. But when you, when you tackle, uh, you know, something like alcohol or, or drugs, uh, it, it's not about willpower anymore. Uh, you know, like I said, it, it completely takes over your mind and your body. Um, but, you know, you talk about forgiving yourself and loving yourself that, that, yeah. I, I wouldn't say that I've still completely done that. I mean, it, it's, okay. it, it's a pro it's a process. Um, you know, I, and, and I, for the longest time, like mm. I was all about, I was all about the destination and not the journey in between, you know, and that's one of the things that I've realized is that, that life ain't a destination, you know, it's just, it's a journey and a process. And that's what this stuff, you know, when you're dealing with recovery, it's, it's a process. Amen. And I, I mean, and I'll, st- and, and, and if, if God willing, I still, you know, and, and sober in 30 years, I will still be going through a process. There you go. So. Wow, man. I, it, for me, a lot of my, um, yeah, same. I, I can identify with the self hate, uh, as a younger individual and, um, and, you know, and it blossomed for me out of, uh, trauma as a child and for me, I had taken a lot of that uh, that I was feeling, pushed it on towards my younger brother, you know, who um, I remember as I became an adult, he moved away to San Antonio. I stayed around the Wichita Falls area for a little bit before I moved to Austin. And, um, you know, it was uh, I, I had been um, it had been a while since I had seen him. And then uh, I, I went ahead and went down there and. You know, I just told him, like, man, I, I'm uh, sorry for the way I was to you, and it wasn't right. And, but it was out of, again, pain of myself. And I just in turn handed it down to him. And um, by the grace of God, he and I have been able to mend, and he and I are extremely close at this time. Um, but man, that, it, it's just, we don't know what someone is going through, what they, we don't know until I live in someone else's shoes, until I experience it. Just like you're saying on the outside, it may seem this guy has it all going on. He's so tough. Oh, he's mean. She's mean, but she's great. You know, uh, it, it was a saying that I had heard hurt people, hurt people, you know, and, um, Mm-hmm. While while we're going through that, man, um, just I'm thankful to God that both of us are here at this moment where we can have this moment, you know, this bit of intelligence that God has given us. Mm-hmm. What what have the twelve step? What have the twelve steps taught you? 
Cool. That's a. All right. Um, well, I mean, I won't sit and go through all the steps, but I mean, you know, the, 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 the number one, the, the first, the thing is, you know, admitting powerlessness. Mm. Um, mm. And for, for a lot of people, that's a tough pill to swallow, um, you know, because a lot of people, well, I don't, I don't like to, you know, I don't like to admit that I'm a failure. I don't like to admit that I'm defeated. Well, I mean, it's, that's where I was, but where that open mindedness comes in is that just because I can uh, learn how to build an airplane, let's say, that doesn't mean that I, I can overcome, you know, an addiction that millions mm. of people have lost their life to. Um, mm. And mm. what what the twelve steps ha- have done for me personally has taught me to. Always, uh, always have a perspective of myself, of uh, what I'm doing. Um, and when I say that, because um, most addicts, alcoholics, we're really concerned with what everybody else is doing. Uh, we want to, we want to criticize what you're doing. Hey, uh, you're not doing this the way that I want you to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as you as you hear this, the the, the saying, "Living life on life's terms." Um, you know, I can't control what what someone else is doing. I mean, I have a hard enough time controlling what I'm doing. Mm. So what what makes me think that I'm so special and so smart that I can control what someone else is doing? Um, mm. and, and the um, and and uh, you know, making amends to people, and uh, you know, making uh, you know, have it going face to face, and you know, admit. Uh, you know, things that, that you've done, um, you know, and a lot of people think that making amends means that you have to go apologize, you know, well, well the word amends by definition is to change, to make a change. Um, and, you know, I, I have an amends that, you know, that, that I would love to be able to make up to my father, but, you know, he's not here anymore. So, you know, uh, through, through trying to live, the best way that I can um, is, you know, kind of a, a, a living amends that I that I try to work on, you know, every single day. Um, but the 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 number one thing that 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 the twelve steps has given me is um, love and compassion for other people, um, being of service to other people. You know, I, you know, I. I like you said earlier, you know, you're a flawed individual. You know, we are we are all flawed people. I mean, but we we are. Um, and you know, I have days where, you know, before I go to bed at night, you know, I'm like, I'm thinking of all this stuff I got to get done the next day. What you know, Ryan's got to do this, 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 and this, and this. And I wake up in the morning, and it's like, all right, Ryan's got an agenda. Ryan's gonna get this, 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 this. I want to, I want to get this, this, and that done. I want to get this, and. You know those days, and then and then all of a sudden, you know, because not everybody thinks that my stuff is important is mm-hmm. as important as I do. Yep. And then they start to get in my way, mm-hmm. you know. And then I and then I start taking those those feelings we were talking about. I start taking those out on them. Yeah. Um, yeah. um. But on days that I wake up, and uh, you know, I I I I do a, a morning meditation and and prayer and all that stuff, which 
I need is, to. I've kind of been that, slacking on that. Oh yeah, because I was going to say, is that is that something you do ritualistically? Uh, man, I've I've gotten. Uh, it's one of those things that when you when you're on it, you're on it, and like when mm-hmm. you when you get you when you stay off of it for a day or two, it's hard to get back in. I'm slowly yep. trying to get back back into making sure that I do that every morning. But okay. it's one of those things that when I when I wake up in the morning is if if i look to you know how can i help somebody today how can i how can i be of service to somebody mm-hmm. else and th- and that doesn't mean you know going and mowing the neighbor's grass or or maybe it is but just not always putting myself before other people yeah um on days that i wake up and and i wake up with that goal in mind i uh, i'm a lot happier uh i'm mm. i don't snap at people as much and and i've come to find out that the, those other things that you know that I want for myself or the these goals that I have, that when I'm actually focusing on helping other people, that those goals that I have actually kind of start working out on the back end. They kind of start falling in line naturally. Yeah, if that makes sense. Uh, totally, dude. And it's just, I I know I'm laughing because I know exactly what you're saying, man. It's like, but. Uh, that's God. That is the supernatural connection that we can plug into. In my opinion, agree or disagree. That's not come sit down and in, in whatever. I'm not even going to defend it. I believe that's God. That's the connection. Mm-hmm. It's something higher than me. Mm-hmm. Humbling myself and saying, man, I'm going to, I'm going to put myself to the side. And then there's this magic that happens that says, okay, Man, I'm going to hook you up with a little bit of peace. I'm going to hook you up with a job. I'm going to hook you up with food. I'm going to hook you up with not throwing up in the morning. I'm going to hook you up with the willpower or the the ability to say no to that drink, that drug, that sugar, that carb, whatever that thing is, you know? Oh, man. I'm I, after we hang up, I'm going to yeah, take It's not away. a coincidence. It isn't, man. Talk on that. Keep going. I, I kind of stole it from you, but I love that. No, it's 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 not a coincidence. You know, I mean, coincidence means coinciding incidents. Uh, mm. You know, and if I'm if I'm doing something on a daily basis, um, you know, mm. like let's just say like like drinking, for example. You know, when I was getting up and you know banging down natural light at six o'clock in the morning. You know, the fact that I got drunk or the fact that I got out and put people in danger, that wasn't, that wasn't, those two incidents didn't coincide with each other. That was a direct result of what I was doing, mm. you know, um, and, 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 and a big part of recovery is being rigorously honest with yourself. Mm. Um, it's, it's not, it's not feeding yourself, you know, feed feeding yourself what you want to hear, you know, that that's the importance when you, when you talk about 12 step programs is uh, having a sponsor is because I've come across people that, that have said, well, I, I, I've been working on this. I'm on step, whatever. Oh, who's your sponsor? Oh, well, I, I don't have one. I've been doing one by my, you know, on my own. If, if you're doing something, if you're taking a personal inventory of, of your, of yourself by, by yourself, who is going to call you on your bullshit? You know what I mean? Cause okay. I, I'm one of those people that if you give me an inch, I'm going to take 200 miles. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. So I've got to have somebody that keeps me in, in check. 
okay. in perspective. Um, but what? Okay, yeah, talk, mean, um, let, let's talk about uh, the sponsor. I know that, or that's a big part of the twelve step program, right? What's is there a certain step that mm-hmm. says get a sponsor? Is that a, a step number? No, no, no. There's, there's, there's okay. no step in okay. that says you know get a sponsor. It's, it's a, it's a suggestion. Um, okay. Which, so, which, you know, because we, we as addict, we as addicts and alcoholics, we don't like to be told what to do. We're, right. we're the, we're the rulers of the universe, and yeah. how dare you tell me what to do? So it, it's a, it's a suggestion, um, but it's. I don't really know how to how to describe it. It's it's like having it's having someone that you have told everything to that maybe you're the only person that knows about it in the entire world. You know, it's having okay. and it, and then that person and it's it's obviously it's someone who's been through the steps before. You know, but but for me, you know, I mean, I, I like to think that I'm somewhat in, intelligent guy. I don't you know, and you know, I had I had. Um, without trying to break any kind of rules or anything, I, you know, there was a certain, a specific book, you know, and I can read a book and I, and I can understand, you know, sentences and all that, but I had to have a sponsor sit down and, and read this book with me for me to actually understand it, you know, because I was actually, I, I was going through it with someone who was, has, was sitting in the exact same spot that I'd sat in, There you go. you know, and, I was able to to learn learn from their actions. Ah, that that's makes great. Sense. Yes, learn from their actions. I like that because we because we don't because we don't because we don't because we, we don't like to do anything unless we see results, right? So you know, if someone's just walking around telling me about how great you know sobriety or or anything is, you know. I don't, you telling me doesn't really do much for me. I've got to see it, you know, and mm. for me, that that's a part of what, you know, working with a sponsor is, is being able to see, see the results. So how, how long I, it, it's one day at a time. I, I was going to say, how long has it been? But honestly, as I love you tremendously and I love myself and I'm like, I don't, I, I know you're on it and it to me the number doesn't matter it's like you're here it's today I don't know maybe maybe I sh- do you want do you celebrate the number of days is that something to celebrate and I'm not asking jadedly I'm just genuinely curious is that something or is it man it's I thought about making a new calendar for myself and every day said today today is today Today is today. Today is today. Today is today. Oh, um, um, it's different for everybody. I mean, okay. for me personally, I mean, I, I don't, I, I actually couldn't even, I don't think you really give you like a, a day count. Um, now, I mean, I, I've, I've been sober since February 15th of 2019. Um, and, but you know, in twelve-step programs, you know they celebrate you know months with chips, and then after yeah. that, it's you know by by the year. But it's it it's not really something that that is on my brain. You know, every day when I wake up, I don't wake up and be like you know four hundred and sixty-two, four hundred and sixty-three. You know, okay. it's because it's it and because part of the program is 
you know, I, the, the obsession to drink my compulsion, mm. you know, as an alcoholic to, to drink. Mm. And I, I don't, I don't know really, I don't know when it happened, but like that, that obsession to where my brain is always thinking about it, it, it left. So, you know, mm. I, I don't wake up every morning thinking about alcohol or, or what do I got to do to stay away from alcohol today? You know, I mean, I live a pretty normal life, you know, I mean, I go to meetings, you know, when, when I can, you know, whenever I, whenever I first got out of treatment, you know, I was at, you know, I didn't have my job back yet. Um, but I mean, I was at, when I, when I didn't have my job, I was at a meeting three times a day. And then, um, and then, and I still was, you know, after, you know, I say after about six months, I was still going five, at least five days a week. And then, you know, it's like anything else, man. We, we, we kind of start to maybe pat ourselves on the back a little bit and mm -hmm. we kind of start to, to let up. Um, but, um, the program's all about, um, maintaining your spiritual fitness. Ah, oh, dude. You know, there, there, there's, da there, there's days that there are days that, Oh, there, there are days that I'll wake up and I mean, it, it's the days trashed from the get go because I, I refuse to, you know, open my mind. I refuse to look at other people's perspective. You know, and, and there's days where it's like, you know, what, I, I don't care what's going on today. I have to go to a meeting and I have to hear other people, you know, and I have mm. to share also, you know, but it, wow, it's, um, maintaining the spiritual fitness is kind of, it is for me mm. is the key because if i get I like i said earlier if i get if i get off path a little bit i'm gonna start running so yeah damn dude yeah i again thank you for your honesty your um, willingness to share so openly well i'm gonna jump into the chat room um we got a lot of people in here that have been commenting oh, and cool. I, I can't I, see I, it so okay okay um man we've got uh we got right in here, Jimmy Raider. He yeah. says, he says it was, it's 620 days, Ryan. Um, oh. So that's awesome. We got Kevin Park. He's in there. He's talking about accountability. Joe Sanchez. He's talking about, let me get that instant gratification, man. How about that? Instant gratification. Now we can relate to that. Uh, we got Paul Schultz. He's in there saying, Ryan, I love hearing this new version of you. Alex Nixon is saying you guys are helping more people than you know right now just by talking about it. Honored to know both of you. We got Crimson says, I applaud you both for your honesty and transparency. Um, very thoughtful and sincere. Ryan, your story is very powerful. Thank you for sharing. Brittany, great stuff. Brian Beck says, great job, Ryan. Keep staying after it. Um, Joni Rena, proud of you, Ryan. So, man, you've got a lot of people just right here. Chad Wright's giving you all kinds of thumbs up. Um, Jackson Huff says the goat. Uh, Justin Terry, Huff. So, um, yeah, Kevin's Kevin's really excited that Steady Focused is back. So, yeah, thank all, all you guys who are out there in the chat who've been listening, tuning in. Thank you guys so much. This was is um our very first episode back this is episode 85 of steady focused and what an honor to have this first version of steady focused live to be such a real 
true, honest conversation with Ryan as we've just sat down and talked. Um, so, guys, if there's anybody in the chat you guys want to ask any specific questions for Ryan, go ahead. I think we're kind of getting sort of close to wrapping up. But if anyone has any thoughts or questions they want to touch on, I'd love to hear from you guys. And, Ryan, I'm just going to hit you with um, kind of – any last thoughts, anything that's on your mind you want to talk about or, or speak about? Um, I, don't know, I guess kind of just um, maybe, I don't know, I guess um, suggestion. You know, if there's somebody out there who is struggling with with an addiction – um, like I said, I've, I've never, I've never done any, any drugs. I mean, I used to, I used to smoke some weed, but I've never was a drug person. So I can't really, you know, relate to, 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 you know, to drugs, but with, you know, with alcohol, you know, because alcohol is such a socially acceptable thing. Um, it's, you know, it's everywhere you go, um, you know, with alcohol, you don't have to, you know, meet somebody in a back alley to get, you know, a case of beer, you can just go to the Walmart or stripes, wherever you want to go. So, you know, I know it's hard to, um, to admit, you know, Hey, you know, I, I have a problem. Um, you know, that was one of the things that I struggled with too, for a long time was, man, you know, I, I'm a, I'm a smart guy, you know, I, I work hard, you know, I try to do the best that I can, but, my life is being controlled by this little, by this little 12 ounce bottle. Like my entire life is right inside here. And every time I finish it, it's empty, you know? Um, And so there, there are people, um, there are people out there who have gone through the exact same thing that, you know, that I went through that, that somebody else may be going through that, that, um, that are there to help any way they can. Um, you know, f- for me, you know, a lot of times, you know, I hear people saying you're doing so good or, or so proud of you. I don't have anything that I have without other people. Um, the only, the only way that I've gotten to where I am right now is only because that I've had people who I might not even really know on a personal level, but, that love and care about me, um, that, that, that have supported me. Um, mm. and so if, if, if you're out there and you're struggling, like there, there is a way out, you know, I mean, it's, it's one of the things that, 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 uh, is, that is talked about is it's called a, the jumping off point. Mm. You know, it's where you get to, um, you get to a point in your life where you cannot imagine what your life would be like without, you know, your drug of choice. But you also, at the same time, you don't know, you know that, that there's no way that your life, that you can keep going on with it. You know, it's, it's like that, uh, like that double-edged sword, damned if you do, damned if you don't kind of thing. But there is, you know, there is a way out and there's a, there's a, there's a, a, a part in, um, and, um, this book that I, that, that are my instructions for living. Um, that's a, it's a 12 step book. And it says in there, and like I said, this there's so many, so many good sayings and stories and and information in this book. But this one, you know, really hit home for me. And that it, it 
it was that it says, um, see if I can say this right. Um, the difference between a normal, a normal person and an alcoholic is that normal people change their behaviors to meet their goals and alcoholics or addicts change their goals to meet their behavior. <sighs> and that was my story. That was, that was my life in a nutshell. I had all mm. these big things that I had. I had this big grand life that I'd planned for myself. I was going to be this and I was going to do all that. And, you know, I, I was, I was willing to settle for less than that to, to keep, to keep living the way I was living, you know? Um, so I don't know. I, I mean, it's, that, that's that, I guess that's kind of the main thing is, you know, because I, I know what it's like to feel the walls closing in and that you got nowhere else to go, you know, because there was a point in my life where I wanted to kill myself, you know, but I didn't I didn't have the balls to do it, you know, um, and I knew that I was going to drink myself to death. It just wasn't going to happen fast enough. Um, and. You know, like that story I told you earlier, you know, the by the grace of God, I got that text message saying, hey, if you want to take a layoff, you know, so there is there is life after, you know, our past, mm. um, you know, my, my my life today, you know, if you would ask me whenever I was a senior in high school, what are you going to be when you grow up? You know, all these things I said I was going to do, I want to. I want to be a rock star. I want to. I want to be all these things. Though my life has changed so much that, like those things. Although while I'm still a big music fan, like music is a huge part of my life. Um, like that, those aren't goal. Those aren't goals that I have for myself. Um, you know, I used to. Um, I used to look at my father. Um, I always thought he was like a. I, I would say boring person, but he just worked, and he went to church, and he tried. You know. And I always thought to myself, oh, I don't want to be like that when I grow up. I don't want to be boring. You know, I don't I don't want my life to be mundane and normal. And um, and it come to find out through getting sober and 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 working, you know, program that um, that, it, that I was living that exciting life, um, but it wasn't. That it wasn't meant for me, you know. I mean, mm. I I was able to find out really early. I, it wasn't about me finding out who I was. It was about finding out who I wasn't. What mm. I what I'm really not, you know, this this person. Um, but you know, through lots of reflection and and stuff like that, you know, I was able to realize that you know that that my uh, my father was a he was um, he was passionate about. Um, he was passionate about helping other people, you know, and I've come to find out that, that that's what I'm passionate about. You know, um, you know, I, I love being my own boss. I love all that stuff and I'm passionate about working and being motivated, but, but that's really allows me the freedom to help others whenever, um, whenever I can. Um, so I don't know, man, you know, it's, it's funny how it's funny how life works out sometimes. You know, you you think that that you don't want something, or or that you do want something specifically, and and what you want isn't it isn't what you it isn't what you really want. It ain't what you it ain't what you need in your life. 
you know, today, you know, I, I thought that not being out partying all the time or chasing after this or chasing after that, that that made that my life was boring. And I'll tell you what, man, my life is as full as it needs to be right now. You know, I, mm. my life is anything but boring. I always have something going on. Um, I'm surrounded yeah. with, uh, with people that care about me. Um, I have, according, I, I can't say perfect. There's no such things, but I have, I have the family that is, was made perfectly for me. Um, Amen. Amen. And, um, no, I mean, I say, you know, if you're struggling, don't give up, you know, don't, don't give up hope. You know, that's one of the things I heard is if I wake up, if I wake up one morning and I don't have any hope, then I'm, you know, I'm, I'm gonna, I might be lost, you know, but, but I have, I have hope today. I have freedom. Like I get to wake up every morning uh, and I get to make, I get to make a choice of, of what I'm going to do, you know, or, or how I'm going to, how I'm going to look at things. I, I have a choice. And before, you know, I didn't have a choice. Um, mm. and today, man, I have a, I have a life that I wouldn't trade for anything in the world. Man. Can everybody out there and to myself and just anyone that's watching, can we please give this man a round of applause? Come on. If you're at your house right now or wherever, come on, man. Emancipate yourself from mental slavery. None but ourselves can free our minds. Have no fear for atomic energy because none of them can stop at the time. And how long shall they kill our prophets while we stand aside and look? Some say it's just a part of it. We got to fulfill the book. But won't you help to sing? Right here is what you're saying. These songs of freedom, because all I ever had, redemption songs. Amen. Thank you guys so much for tuning in with us. Ryan, thank you so much for your honesty. Guys, this was live. This was streamed live. It's going to be on Facebook later on. It's going to be on the Steady Focus Facebook. I'll share it out to mine personal, Simeon Hendricks. I'm sure Ryan will send it out to his. Yeah. It's also going to be up on steadyfocused.com slash 85. And uh, you can find it on YouTube. So, uh, we got everyone's giving you a round of applause in the in the chat room. Paul, Kevin, Jimmy, Michael, Kevin. Hey, um, hey, hey Simeon. Yes. Hey, Simeon. If there's something I can read uh, real quick, it's kind of a, it's one of the things that uh, it's 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 something that I refer to very very often, um, and it's yeah, it's just something that uh, that hits home for me, and it's just something that I you know want to share. It's a poem. Go for it. um, and it's called Do Good Anyway. It says, uh, it says, people are often unreasonable, illogical, self-centered. Forgive them anyway. If you are kind, people may cause you, if you are kind, people may accuse you of selfish ulterior motives. Be kind anyway. If you are successful, you will win some false friends and some true enemies. Succeed anyway. If you are honest and frank, people may cheat you. Be honest and frank anyway. What you spend years building, some could destroy overnight. Build anyway. If you find serenity and happiness, they may be jealous. Be happy anyway. The good you do today, people will often forget tomorrow. 
do good anyway. Give the world the best you have, and it may never be enough. Give the world the best you've got anyway. In the final analysis, it is between you and your God. It was never between you or the you between you and them anyway. So mm. it's one of the most one Love of the most that. powerful things that I've that I've that I've ever read, and it's it's simple, and it's 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 what I try to it's what mm. I try to do every day. Amen. Wow. Guys, anybody that's out there, if you have have gotten any value out of this whatsoever, if this has touched you in any way whatsoever, please share this with somebody so we can just keep the conversation going. You know, this was just a conversation, open conversation between friends, men who are walking the path of life. You know, we're just we're just two guys. We're just two dudes, as my dad always told me. And I like to say. I'm just a straw dog walking along a dirt road. You know, I'm just a leaf floating down the road, amplifying, turning on this megaphone to share it out. So please, guys, if, if this has been valuable, if you have learned anything, if you have thought anything, hit us with the comments and share this out. Share this with somebody, you know. Um, so we're just gonna we're just gonna keep going. Ryan, thank you so much, man. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, thank you, ma'am. I appreciate you letting me uh, let me come do this. It means a lot to me, dude. Whew. Thank you, guys. We got Faith says she loves you, Ryan. Uh, my man Jeffrey says, my man Jimmy says, my man carry the message. Um, we do recover. Moulton, Patrick Moulton says, great job, fellas. Brittany gives us high fives. Um, you You said something that I wrote down. There is life after our past. I'm, I'm going to go hug the kids. So thank you, Ryan. I appreciate it. And uh, so, right, guys, thank you, ben. yeah, until next time, I'm your host. I'm your number one, Mr. Simeon Hendricks. Give a huge, huge, steady focus, gratitude, clap, whatever, fist in the air to Ryan. We appreciate you, Ryan. Until next time, gratitude always wins.